0: All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Say by the Ball, the Motown Chronicles, our NBA Draft special. My name is Germain. I'm here with Money, and we're gonna talk NBA Draft. We're gonna talk Pistons, Cade Cunningham, uh, players we like in the first round, and uh, you know some second round sleepers. So, Money, how you doing? Good, good, bro. How have you been? It's been been good, man. It's been a while. I know we've been yeah. to, we've been trying to record this for a while. I know you just had some technical difficulties and. Uh, I've been real busy this summer too, man. It's uh, it's good to, you know, get together and, and talk about this kind of stuff, you know, a day before the draft, you know, it should be good.
1: Right, right. And hopefully we'll be on a more consistent schedule again after this, but like, yeah, I was transitioning into a new job. You had all those weddings you were going to, it's yeah. been real busy so far. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the off season is kind of slow too, from, from a new standpoint. So, uh, you know, once we hit the NBA season and the NFL season, um, you know, we'll try to get maybe one a week. Uh, we'll try right. to shorter. I mean, even this one's going to be a bit shorter. Right. Um, right. We'll just try to hammer them out. good. Okay. Cool. But well, let's get right into it, man. It was Pistons lottery first time in 50 years that they will got the first pick. That's gotta be some sort of magic number because, uh, you know, it's been a long time. I think the last pick we had, uh, at, at uh, 50 years ago was Bob Lanier and yep, uh, 1970. He turned, yeah. He turned out to be a hall of famer. So, uh, I hope we can replicate that absolutely absolutely i saw your i saw your reaction video that was a that was hilarious yeah man when it was top two I, I was legitimately shaking and then uh when i i wasn't even waiting for the name when i saw that rockets card come out i i almost fainted man <laughs> i couldn't <laughs> breathe and uh i don't know man that was probably one of the best moments i've had uh you know call me a homer call me a, a super fan i don't know but uh it felt good Oh, yeah, absolutely,
1: especially because being Detroit fans, we're used to getting screwed when it comes to picks and we're used to getting pushed back or or things like that. Like our, our Red Wings, when they were expected to get the number one pick, I think they ended up with, like, number four. Uh, last year, I think we fell back a couple spots. We went, ended up at seven. And that, I think everybody's mindset this year was basically, oh, yeah, like – we have a potential chance to get a top three pick, but it's probably not going to happen. That was like everyone that I talked to in the back of their head, it was, it's probably not going to happen. We'll probably end up with like three or four or five or somewhere around there.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I wasn't even, I didn't even want one. I mean, I wanted one, obviously I, I wasn't hoping for one. I didn't, I really didn't want to jinx it. And, uh, and I was really hoping for, you know, two or three or even four, uh, you know, just moving up a couple of spots. You know, I, I can't remember the last time, obviously Darko, but you know, between now and Darko, have we had a pick? You know, above six? I, I don't think so. So you know, just, I don't think uh, so. What
1: what pick was Greg Monroe? Was he seven? Six? Seven, I think. Seven. Six or
0: seven? Yeah. And then Drummond yeah, was yeah, six or seven. Uh KCP was six or seven. And then mm-hmm. uh, I think Sekou was uh, fourteen, fifteen. Uh, Killian was seven. Uh, who else is there? Yeah, Drummond was nine, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Brendan Knight might have
1: been seven after Kem uh, before Kemba, I think. No, I think I think I think he was seven because I think that's why he wore a jersey seven because he was yeah. seven. So, yeah. <laughs> Any other bums I missed? <laughs> right, I know. Damn, I'm saying all those names. Well, wow.
0: Yeah, I, I saw a video of uh, some guy posted on Twitter of uh all the lottery picks, like the announcements of, of you know what pick they had at the lottery over the last you know uh you know twenty five years uh and the, you know they always have a representative at the lottery. And uh, it was always just a bum from the Piston side, whether it was Kyle Singler or, or Luke Kennard. I mean, I like Kennard, but uh, Drummond, Greg Monroe, it was always just, you know, uh, no one there was good luck. You know, that might be why we never won because nobody we ever sent to the lottery was good luck.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. Exemples so uh, out
0: there, one's it for us. Hey, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the, I should have been sending him all along, man, to be
1: honest. <laughs> For real. We had so many faces that could have went out there. <laughs> Instead, we said, like you said, just straight bums. Yeah. All right, cool. I mean, let's let's, let's get right
0: into it. You know, number one pick, number one player is Cade Cunningham. You, you think he's a lock? So tell me what you like about Cade. Tell me what you think about his game. And, uh, you know, from there,
1: tell me if, if you think he's a lock for one. Uh, yeah, so my opinions on Cade is he's a really good basketball player. He's a really good all-around player. He's a, di- a type of guy that can facilitate, that can shoot, that can drive to the basket, but at the same time, he still has areas to improve, like his ball handling. Um, he had very high turnovers this past season, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I think he averaged either it was more three and than a half four, or right? four and a half. Yeah, yeah I think it was like have been something like four and a half. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Turnovers a game. Um, one thing about him is when times start getting tough, which he was on a... He was not on a great Oklahoma State team. It was basically him and the other, basically the other guys. And uh, when he had to start carrying them more and more, you would see that he would start making ill-advised passes and start turning the ball over, which all are things I think Coach Casey would definitely help work the kinks out of him with that. But do I think he's a lock at number one? I don't. If I mean, if I was the GM, I would definitely take him at number one. But I, just the way Weaver works, I just don't think he's a lock for him only because I think Weaver is going to do his homework on the top three guys and definitely go with whoever he thinks is going to be the best fit in this Pistons team with Coach Casey. He's not going to just look at what the scouts are saying or what everybody is saying the consensus one should be. I think he's going to do his own homework and think on who's the best fit for the team with the current squad, going into the future, and somebody that that's going to work well with Coach Casey as well.
0: Yeah, if we know anything about um, Troy Weaver, it's he's not a big group think guy. You know, he doesn't care about consensus. He doesn't care about what other people think. And, uh, you know, obviously we
1: know what the uh, reaction is going to be if it's not Cade. Um, right, and, and, and not to cut you off, but honestly, with, I think me and you talked about this before. We got the number one pick. Out of Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, and Jalen Green, like the potential there for all three guys is just like through the roof. So it's like if he does go another route, I just, hopes, I just hope he does it by trading back. Like, if Houston's willing to give up anything to just move from two to one for Cade, I just hope if, if Troy's decision is not Cade, then at least he moves to the two spot knowing that Houston's going to grab Cade.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I think regardless of what happens at one, if we move up, if we move down, the only pick player that should go, number one, is Cade Cunningham. You know, if we're going to take someone else, it shouldn't be at one. Um, Agreed. But yeah, let me talk a bit about Cade. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he he really does everything. You know, people say he's not a a plus defender. I mean, he, his wingspan is like plus six. He's what six eight, and his wingspan is seven one, or was that plus yeah plus six plus four something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. His wingspan's you know uh, four or five inches more than his uh, height. That's always a that's right. always a good thing. And if you look at J- Jalen Green, that's not the case. I think his wingspan is essentially his his height. So. You know, that's a negative on Green. Uh, Cunningham, a lot of people say he turns the ball over a lot, which I guess is, is true. But, uh, I mean, look at his team uh, and look at what he was playing with. You know, they're either, you know, low three-star recruits, mid-three-star recruits, or transfers from, from lower schools. Ball handling great, I guess you'd call it. You know, that's kind of expected. Um, you know, he was a great shooter. He's a great playmaker. Uh, and a lot of people say he's not athletic. He's not too athletic. He doesn't have, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't jump, jump out of the, the gym. gym. Um, and I guess that's, that's true. But uh, at the, at the same time, you know, if he, if he drives to the lane, he's able to kick it out, use his vision playmaking to, to make a right play. You know, he may be slow off the first dribble. He may be slow off the dribble, dribble penetration, uh, but he makes up with, it with his playmaking, his length and his, his ability, his ability to score from anywhere. So I don't see a real negative anywhere. I mean, you know, normally there's players who are maybe too short, uh, you know, maybe not, a- not athletic, they can't make up for it or, you know, they can't shoot uh, and, or they can't defend. And really this guy can legitimately do everything. Uh, and that's, that's kind of why his floor is so high. You know, you talk about players with high ceilings. Uh, this guy has a high floor, right? Um, you know, regardless of, what his career ends up, you know, I think he can he'll be a starter regardless of where he goes, um, and and you know me, I, I love size and playmaking, you know, shooting I don't I don't really care about early on in their career, uh, but I'm just tantalized by size and playmaking that combination of size and playmaking that's why I love Ben Simmons, and uh, we'll get to this later, but that's kind of why I like Scotty Barnes, uh, you know he can't shoot for shit, but uh, you know I'm just I just love size, playmaker or people uh, players with size and playmaking ability, so, um, uh, you know that that's why. Caden Cunningham for me is to up there. Um, he has everything. He has size. He has playmaking. He has shooting. Um, you know, with, with the size comes defense. Even if he's a negative defender, that size will make up for it, right? If he's a, even if he's playing one, he's, he's going up against what's the average height of a, of a point guard? 6'3. You know, he's, he's got height and uh, wingspan advantage there. Uh, if he's playing against twos, what's the average height of a, uh, shooting guard is it what six, five, six, six, he's got height and, and wingspan advantage there. Even if he plays wing, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, he's got the playmaking ability, but he looks like a Jalen Tatum type and, you know, he's got size at the wing too. It's six, eight. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a big wing. So, uh, regardless of where you put him, you know, he's going to have size advantage and, you know, that helps on defense. Uh, and you know, that, that, that lineup with so potential starting lineup would be Killian, Cade, Sadiq Bey, Jeremy Grant, and Isaiah Stewart. Um, you know, Killian's the smallest guy at 6'5", at 6'6", six, 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 but at the point guard position, that's, you know, way above average height. And then really the smallest guy out there would be uh, like Isaiah Stewart, you know, size-wise, height-wise, I guess. Uh, and, you know, that, that that makes me excited, right? Having an average wingspan of, you know, 6'9", and above, Average average height of you know six six and above that's crazy and and that's really what you want in the modern NBA look at the Bucks all that size all that wingspan um, and not saying we're trying to emulate the Bucks but you know they were kind of the first team to kind of go go about this model where just throw a bunch of huge guys with with huge wingspans out there and see what happens and you know that's kind of kind of what I want from the Pistons but most of these guys are polished right we don't have thon makers out there. And and we don't have bums out there that are just big and, and wide, but we have actual players with, with uh you know basketball IQ and, and and intellectual, you know, thinking and stuff like that. So that's why I like Cade. And uh as far as trading, you know, I I guess I'm open to it. You know, it's gotta take a godfather offer, a godfather offer. And uh, you know, I'm not trading outside of the top three. Like uh, I know OKC wants to trade up. We heard that rumor about Shea, Gilges, Alexander, and Six for one. Uh, I'm not having that. I mean, first, you got to pay Shea, Gilges, Alexander. So uh, not only are you just trading Cade for Shea and uh, Six, you're trading Cade for uh, Shea, uh, Six, but you're also losing cap flexibility. You're paying a max contract for 22, 23, 24 onwards. Um, and, you know, that's kind of you know, a cost-controlled contract, rookie contract, and a star player at the same time, you know, that that's that's, that's a golden egg right there. So that's where I stand on that. Um, if, if OKC wants to move up to three, I heard, you know, Cleveland's trying to move down. I know OKC's got six. If they can get, if they can, you know, do six and one of their future picks, get to three, you know, then I might talk. Um, you know, then we can get either Green or Mobley. And, you know, then I might talk. And I, I don't, I'm not sure about how the fit of Mobley and, and Stewart is together, but you know, I guess the Pistons aren't in a spot to be uh, worrying about that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's that's where I am. Uh, so, you got anything else on Kate, or you want to move on to, uh, you know, any other yeah, first like, round picks?
1: Yeah, like with the, uh, just a little touch and base, but uh, with how people say he doesn't have uh, plus defense, but it's not like he plays bad defense either, even in the tapes that if you've watched any, You'll see like he'll he'll get right up on his defender, stay with his defender, put his hands up when, at the right times, and it, it's like defense is something that can be worked on with him. And also uh, everyone always alludes to athleticism, like it's like a bad thing if you don't have like Uber athleticism like Jalen Green does or something, but not every athlete's going to come into the NBA like that. <clears throat> For example, Luca, if, if, if we look back now on that draft, Luca would no doubt be the number one pick of that draft. And right now he's looking like the next coming and going to be the next, basically LeBron for the league for the next 10, 15 plus years, bearing any injuries. So it's like injury uh, injuries. It's, it's like athleticism isn't always everything. It's, you got to have playmaking ability. You've got to have a shot. You've got to just have smarts and he has it all. The, like I said, the turnovers turnovers are things that can be worked out. Um, Ball handling is something that he can work on and improve. It's, Not every rookie is going to come into the NBA just ready to do it all. Uh, I mean, this guy can do a lot as it is, and that's the reason he should be the number one pick is because he's coming into the NBA the most NBA ready out of the top three prospects. Um, He's also going to improve on all of this. Uh, He probably doesn't have the highest ceiling or potential at all the top three. Some people, for reasons they believe, think it's Jalen Green, which is fine, but um, I I really think if this guy – Works on his all-around game that he he'll be the best out of the uh, three in this trap
0: yeah and um, you know another negative that a lot of people say is uh, he dribbles too high and he won't be able to succeed as a point guard in the league I mean obviously you know that's something that can be fixed and and developed with player development you know he's just a rookie he's only 19 years old so uh, and honestly I mean so for rookies, uh, the easiest play, the most uh, interpreted play for them is the high pick and roll. You know that's that's how they get acclimated to the game. That's how they get acclimated to the physicality of the NBA. I know. I mean, we we've been seeing the high pick and roll for years. I mean, that's that's all Stan Van Gundy ran with with Reggie Jackson. Right. And and, you know, right. and and Cade's one of the best. I'm not sure if he's he is the best, but you know, I'd say top five in this draft in the mid range game. You know, if he can do the high pick and roll, he can get to the mid range. He can get his own shot, or he can let his playmaking take over and, and find cutters like. Seku or or Sadiq or or, or Stewart for Al and
1: stuff so you know I yeah I think- um, like we both alluded to earlier that he didn't really play with a lot of talent at Oklahoma State I mean that he went there because his brother was coaching there so he went to go help his brother out they both went to go make a name for themselves um and ended up working out he did he did well in the tourney didn't go far but I mean got that Oklahoma State team into the tourney which that roster was nowhere near the roster he's going to be playing with once he comes on to the Pistons or any NBA team for that matter. Uh, I mean, I think just having talent around you is just going to make you better. Like in the moments he was struggling, he was only 18, 19 years old. Uh, he didn't have anybody he could like just dish the ball to, to help about, uh, with the Pistons. It's not like he has this great second option, but he has a bunch of options around him. Like kick it. Like you said earlier, kick it to Sadiq for the three or, or, uh, let Isaiah Stewart post up down low and um, he has Killian right next to him, which Killian, we still have to see development from too, but he has all this other talent around him to help him out a little bit, which I think will result in lowering his turnovers and making him look better as a player too. Yeah. And I think he's going to make
0: everybody around him better as well. You know, he can find Sadiq in the corner. He can find Jeremy Grant cutting and even Killian. You know, A lot of people are saying, uh, you know, wow, Pistons are giving up on Killian already, You know, they're drafting his replacement only one year after they drafted him. You know, I don't think so. And I think their fit is actually flawless. You know, it'll take pressure off of Killian for creating his own offense. It'll let him use his playmaking and vision. Uh, And if you can have two playmakers and two guys with above average vision on the court at the same time, you know, that's only going to benefit the the, the rest of the players on the floor. And, uh, you know, I mean, Killian last year, yeah, I mean, he had a down year offensively, but, you know, we saw what he could do. With his playmaking, we saw the passes he can make, and uh, it's really only up from here on his offensive game. You know, whether it's, you know, uh, going to the going to the right, you know, making shots or you know finding other players, it's it's really
1: only up f- from here for him. So, uh, I, honestly, I think that fit is flawless. I agree, and uh, say say Killian does for our future's sake uh, does work out. Even even if he becomes like a, a fifteen point guy with a six six to eight assist type of person like that'll be a great fit next to K, because Killian doesn't need to be the guy. We already seen that Killian can be a floor general. The guy can make amazing passes. The kinks that Killian needed to work out are things that he's working on this summer. The reports that we're hearing, he's working on a shot. He's working on driving to the basket, working on getting stronger, getting his ball handling more tight. Um, so like you said, I think they'll fit together just fine. Once Killian can work those kinks out, like uh, Killian shows that he can he can shoot. He has form. It's just that he's just not knocking him down right now. And I think that was a lot of also just pressure on him last year to, to do better each game, especially when he came out not playing at his best performance. And it looked like he was rattled at times. Uh, I think that's going to throw your shot off just as it is, just because you're already nervous. You already feel like you're letting people down and whatnot. So once Killian starts developing, I think they're going to be a great match together. L- last thing about Cade. I mean, I know you said you don't care about shot coming out, but I think it's important. And you don't just shoot 40% from three in, in in college by accident. So that that kind of show that's that's very promising as K fans and Pistons fans. If we do end up getting them coming into the coming into the league, this kid shot 40% from three in college. That 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 tells you he has a shot. He has shot making ability, and he's not afraid to shoot the three either. So. And he would shoot it often, too. And his shot did look clean. And that that's really exciting as a Pistons fan, too, that we're getting a guy that potentially can become a elite-level scorer.
0: Yeah, agreed. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, foreshadowing of, you know, three-point shooting is obviously caused three-point shooting, but also free-throw percentage. And uh, he's an ace free-throw shooter. So um, it's really only going to get better from there. Cool. Uh, so I think we've talked about Cade enough. You know I think we could do a whole co- podcast on Cade, but you know, we're going to try to keep this one short. Uh, let's move on to some other first round, you know, prospects. Um, you know, give me give me three of your favorite prospects. You know, you give me one, I'll, I'll do one, and then we'll we'll just flip flop and bo- flip flop back and forth. Um, not necessarily your four best prospects, uh, but just players you like or you know uh, you know players you know you're attracted to. Uh, obviously, you know uh, you know I think we can all agree that Cunningham. Green and Mobley are the top three players in this draft. So, uh, you know, maybe some lottery picks
1: that you think will succeed and, and that you like. Yeah, um, I mean, we kind of know, like, the top three consensus right now are they're thinking is Cade, Mobley, and Green. Um, and also Suggs being maybe the 3-4 guy. But if I was to talk about someone outside of the top three or four, I guess an interesting prospect to me would be Jonathan Kuminga, um, just because he's only eighteen years old. Still, he just played in the G League as an eighteen-year-old with a bunch of grown-ups. Didn't live up to the expectations that they had for him, but I see a lot of potential there. He's one of the guys that has that uber athleticism. He can play defense. Uh, just got to yeah has to get more coached up a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm not his, a... shots, his shots. One thing I would be worried about him not having a shot, but.
0: Go ahead. I, I guess I'm the complete opposite. I'm not a I'm not a big Jonathan Kuminga guy. He seems like a like a typical Orlando Magic pick, right there. You know, he's uh, he's got size and he's got the uh, you know the measurables, but uh, you know I didn't really see it in his game. Um, I was listening to a podcast with Jarrett Jack. Um, he was a he was a teammate he had on the G League Ignite, and uh, he barely even mentioned Kuminga. You know, he was he was uh, um, you know. F- really talking about Jalen Green and uh, uh, Josh Christopher, which I think was his teammate, or was it Christopher or Isaiah Todd? Sorry, it was Isaiah Todd. Uh, and he was just gushing about those guys, about how they're so NBA-ready, how they're, how they're you know, learning potential is crazy, how, how they're just sponges and just soak everything up. Uh, but he really had nothing to say about Kuminga. And that kind of, you know, while he didn't, you know, directly, uh, you know, downplay him or, or, or you know, uh, say he was trash, but uh, he didn't really have anything great to say about him. Um, and I don't know that I kind of notice these kind of things. Um, so yeah, uh, I uh, you know, you may see something, I may see something, but, uh, I'm not a big Kuminga guy.
1: Yeah. He he's all, I mean, like I said, I think he's just still very young. I mean, he he's, I want to say he's one of the youngest, if not the youngest player in the draft. Um, he's going to come into the league at 18 years old. I mean, he, he has a lot of growing to do. He has a lot of potential to work with. I mean, w- when you're drafting the lottery, sometimes at that point you're just drafting for potential in a player that you vision. Like, uh, for instance, how San Antonio, and I'm not saying that Jonathan Thinkcoming is going to be like that type of player, but if, if you can go to the right situation, like where there's a good coach like Pop Popovich, uh, if he can get to San Antonio somehow, that, that would be awesome to me. Like, I mean, look at what Pop did with Kwai. Kawhi didn't come into the league with, all these expectations or whatnot is it's sometimes the right coaching can do a lot and i I feel like that's the type of situation he's gonna have to go to like you said i don't feel like a is going to be a good fit for him i just don't think they're good at player development look at all the top five and six picks they've had and what they've done with them Uh, i i just don't think that's a good situation for him but if if he goes to the right team and gets some coaching he's still very very young you don't see somebody with six six his size and athleticism all the time. Like, I mean, he jumps <clears throat> jumps through the roof. All of his dunks that I see, his like head was like above the rim. Um, he's aggressive when he's trying to block shots. I, I just think I just think all of his little quirks are just can be worked out with coaching. Um, he, he's like a type of player that can just become uh even even if he becomes a high defensive player like that. That'd be great out of him. Like, I, and I think that's something he can become.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, I guess we'll see. Um, for me, uh, you know, outside of Jalen, I'm a big Jalen Green guy, man. He uh, he reminds me of a, a a young Derek Rose. Uh, less playmaking, more shooting. Uh, but just that, you know, that dog, that athletic ability. Uh, kind of like a John Morant, but you know, still less playmaking and more more three point shooting. But um, yeah, outside of, of Jalen Green, I'd say Scotty Barnes. You know, uh, I really like him a six, nine wing forward. Uh, he has really good playmaking ability. He can't really shoot for shit. Um, you know, he, he shot like, I think 25% from three and, um, you know, even his free throw percentage was like 60% in college. So, um, you know, it doesn't really look good for his, uh, three point shooting, uh, or his scoring at you know, ability, you know, at least for his rookie year, but, uh, you know, these Florida state wings, I think, um, uh, crap. What was that kid from, uh, florida state last year went to the bulls patrick something oh patrick williams yeah patrick williams you know similar to that you know i think he has more playmaking ability there maybe uh you know and i just like i said you know this this uh combination of size and playmaking are just uh they stand out to me and uh, i think you can build on that you know for me i guess shooting can always come you can hire shooting coaches and then uh you know mental i guess uh evaluators and stuff and uh things like that but uh you can't really teach playmaking or vision. So uh, I'm a big Scotty Barnes guy as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I like Scotty Barnes, but um, no, no real negatives on him, but he's another one of those guys that I believe are just like um, potential guys. I I feel like, I don't know. I feel like he falls under that Jonathan Kaminga category. Like he has to go to a right situation and do some player development and then we'll see the true player he, he can become. But again, like I, I just feel like he's one of those players, just like Kaminka, that's just uh, a lot of his hype right now is based off of potential. Yeah. And, uh,
0: you know, he's 6'9. I think his wingspan's like 7'3 or 7'4. So even that's like a plus six, right? So, um, you know, that's that kind of stuff you can't teach. Um, but yeah. So uh, who do you got next?
1: Um, another player I have in the lottery that I think can be really good um, is, you're going to say I'm a homer for this, but Franz Wagner. I, I feel uh, like...
0: Dude, I was So my question after this segment was going to be, uh, who do you think is going to be a lottery bust? And uh, that was going to be my answer, so a little spoiler there, but uh, maybe convince me out of it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to turn into an all-star or anything like that. I just don't think he's going to be a bust, though. I, th- I think he's going to be a nice uh, rotation guy. Uh, he's probably going to be... A guy that you can come in and play at small forward and power forward he has size He's six nine he's 220 pounds he can shoot the three I think in college, I know he shot over 30% I think he was at around 33 34% from three Uh he can board he plays really really good defense he's actually underrated as a defender um th- there was a game that i watched where i seen him just block like three shots in the game and they were just like great defensive plays it wasn't even because this guy's also athletic it's just that he made really good defensive smart plays and i feel like him having juan howard as a coach he he's coaching these guys up to get into the league now he's not just there as a michigan coach because he was just a former player he's been in the locker room with lebron he's been in the locker room with championship guys he knows what the nba needs and uh what the nba calls for i I feel like he's coaching up these guys well and franz wagner is just a really smart player too uh plays with high iq i i just really like him as a player i feel like he's going to be that three and d guy that can play a small forward or power forward he's a versatile defender can defend multiple positions and he's that's the type of player he's going to be. He's going to be more so a rotational guy, maybe starter, but I don't see all-star status or anything like that, but I don't think he's going to be anywhere near a bust.
0: Yeah. I mean, people are saying he has a promise from the Kings, who I think are seventh or or ninth. Yeah, they're Uh, at nine. Yeah. Uh, But I've also seen people say that (laughs) Toronto might take him at four. So, you know, that'd be a shock if he went over like Suggs and even Barnes and Kuminga. So uh, that'll be interesting. Okay, I'll go on to my next guy. Uh, my next guy is uh, James Knight, a uh, kid from uh, UConn. You know, another kid that's, you know, really shifty. Uh, he's kind of smaller. Uh, you know, this is kind of odd for me. I'm not too big on small guys. Um, I think he's like 6'3 or something, but this kid can score. He's a lights-out scorer, and he can handle the ball as well. Uh, you know, he can, he can shoot the ball. He can, you know, he can go off the pick-and-roll, get some interior scoring at the basket. He's, he's shifty, you know, that second contact um you know he gets the rim and he can uh, fight through contact or if someone's going up for a block he can go up bring it down and kind of do a shifted layup um and you know this kid shot 30 from three which isn't good but i think he's better than that i mean i think he shot like 80 85 from the free throw line or something like that so um I, I don't think he's really a playmaker which again is odd for me but uh just more of a, a score kind of reminds you of like rip hamilton or kind of a mix of like rip hamilton like cj McCollum or something like that you know so um, I'm big on him. Uh you know, people are saying he might go as high as uh the uh the Warriors at seven. Um, or he might be a, a late lottery guy, maybe even fall out the lottery. But you know, I think this guy's uh, a pretty good scorer and um he's not too good of a defender, but uh you know, we'll see.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um since you went with that guy, um, which, which I agree with you on? I just feel like for the same position I like somebody a little bit more than him not that I don't like James Booknight uh I went with Moses Moody I I like his frame he's 6'6 211 uh I think he averaged around 17 18 points in college last year and shot 35 percent from the three uh he's a three and d guy he that's how he played at Arkansas too uh those are like the type of players I like that play on both ends of the floor I just I I just like those type of players mentality I think I think he's going to be uh projected lottery pick but they are saying with him that he can also fall like how you said with james bookman he could fall out of the lottery easily um but if, if i was a team in the lottery uh, that's taking chances on potential like say san antonio at 12 or something like that like i, w- I would definitely take him yeah agree
0: that, that i mean that, that was that was probably one of my one of my guys as well moses moody uh, you know he's he's kind of like Booknight, you know, like you said he, but you know he has size going for him, uh, which is always a plus. And uh, you know I definitely can't disagree with that pick.
1: Yeah, yeah, both good guards. This, this draft is really loaded. That's why, that, that's why I'm really hoping if if for whatever reason um, Weaver decides that he doesn't want Cade and wants to go another route, I really hope he just calls Houston and agrees to that uh, trade that they're offering us. I mean, we move down one spot, take whatever the heck we want, and add extra assets at the same time. When you have that high of a, so how about I ask you this? You know, who do you think is from the
0: lottery is going to be a bust? Um, you know, I kind of already mentioned Franz Wagner, uh, from my side. I think I got another name as well. So, anyone you think that's getting overhyped, or um, you know, just isn't going to live up to the potential? Because uh, there's always, even in the top fives, there's always going to be guys like that but uh, I'll, I'll give you the lottery. Anybody you think has projected lottery, that's not going to make it or, or live up to it. He reminds me of a Joe Ingles, um, you know, and that's definitely not a bad player. You know, obviously Joe Ingles just signed a good contract and uh, he's been a, a decent role player, but uh, the top 10, top 14, you know, I think you're looking for more Um, he's essentially the right-handed Joe Ingles. I mean, he's got some size and he, he's definitely got some playmaking ability. Um, and I think he had a, you know, a bunch of triple doubles in the Australian league, but um, I don't think that's really going to translate to the NBA and, and what teams are looking for, especially in the lottery or top 10.
1: I agree. I, I definitely think there's more potential there for than I do see him going in the top 10 in a lot of mocks. And I, I definitely think there's more potential there than what they see in him. Not quite sold on Jalen Johnson, the small forward out of Duke. He only played 13 games with Duke, I, I, I can't remember exactly what happened with that whole situation, but he only played 13 games with Duke. Um, they're saying he's a projected top 10 to 14 pick, so obviously lottery, but I, I'm just not sold on him, I, I think he's going to be a type of player that just doesn't work out. I haven't seen enough either, That that's part of it too, I just haven't seen what calls for him to go in the lottery.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know he might follow the lottery. You know, I think Duke guys get a lot of uh, love just because they went to Duke. And you know he does have that size. I think he's like six seven or six eight. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean in this day and age, I guess any wing that can kind of walk and, and chew gum at the same time is is gonna get love. But, right. uh, Yeah, I mean he's just he, he's really just athleticism. Uh, I don't think he's too much of a, a shooter. Oh, well, actually no, he did shoot forty five percent from three. So. Uh, you know, good for him, (laughs) but uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can agree with that. I did kind of like him. He was kind of on my uh, the players I love list. Um, for me, there one guy you know outside of Wagner, like I said, uh, Josh giddy this this forward from Australia,
1: he kind of just reminds me of a. No, another guy just to add to the list is for me, like like I said, I I don't think he's gonna be a bad player, but just because like right now all of his hype is just based off of strictly potential. I I guess you could add Scotty Barnes to that too, for me just because all of his hype is basically based off potential and we just got to see what he turns out to be. Yeah, we'll see. I'm just not, he's definitely worthy of the going in the lottery. I'm not saying he's not because his potential is through the roof. It's just whether he's going to work out or not. I mean, that's, that's always a question mark with every draft pick, but I just, I what, just don't get
0: uh, what, what what potential are you talking? Are you talking star potential or are you just talking
1: like potential to make it as a as a as a player in the NBA? Well with Scotty Barnes right now, I think everyone with him is seeing star potential. Like everyone's saying this great player that he could turn out to be. Um so I, I think we're talking like star potential. Everyone every that's obviously why he's even going top five in a lot of the mocks is because of his star potential, I guess you would say. Because other than that, he, does, he doesn't really have numbers to be going in the top five. I mean, he averaged 10 points, four rebounds, and uh, four assists and shot 27% from the three. I mean, as like a freshman at Florida State, that's that's not really like eye-popping numbers or anything like that. So that, that's the only thing I'm saying, like with his star potential, I just don't know if he's ever going to reach that. I don't even know if he'll be an all-star level player at a certain point, that's what I'm trying to get to is like, I don't think he'll be an all-star or like a star potential player that everyone's thinking he's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I could see that too. So, I mean, this guy can straight up be another Stanley Johnson. I mean, like what we, what they're saying about this guy is like, what they were saying about Stanley Johnson and justice Winslow back then with like, Oh, they're great defenders. They do this, they do this well, they can shoot. And that's basically what with him is all the hypes right now around is the potential that they see in him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that like it just goes back to the the being as a big wing. You know, if you can walk and shoot gum at the same time, people are gonna drool over you. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you show any flash of playmaking, you know, people are going f- to fall over backwards. So
1: <laughs> right, and I'm like, I, I'd put Kaminga there too. Like I'm not going to exempt Kaminga from that list just because I like him. Uh, he's the same way. Everything just based off of like the star potential, everyone sees that he can possibly be, but there's a really good chance. Like how you said earlier, that the guy might not even be an all-star and just be a straight up bust or something.
0: Yep. All right, cool. Let's move on here. Uh, so the Pistons have picked 37, 42, and 52 in the second round. Uh, give me a player or two that, that you like in the second round who
1: who stands out, uh, you know, to you. All right. One of the guys I really like is somebody you had kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, Josh Christopher. I, don't, I think you had accidentally mentioned him. I don't know. If nice. He-
0: he flamed Michigan. Yeah. He was a Michigan commit, and he decommitted one on a State. I, I already so know, I, know that, that, I, that. I love it.
1: I like, I like two guys that flame Michigan, uh, Josh Isaiah, Christopher Isaiah Todd. Isaiah Todd. Yep. Yep. My yep. boys. <laughs> both, both of those guys. And I and you really don't got room to talk right now. Monty Bates did it back out of Michigan State, like I told you from day one. He was going <laughs> to. Yep. yep. But, <laughs> but, hey, let me live, all right? <laughs> <laughs> but Josh Christopher, I, I really like him. I like his size. I like his athleticism athleticism. I like how he can get his own shot. Um, For the second round, I think there's a lot of potential there, especially if we can get him, you know, any of those second round picks. Uh, Isaiah Todd, I've been seeing more lingering towards the late first round, but if he does fall to that 37th pick we have, that'd be awesome. That'd be somebody i take right away just because of his size, 6'10", uh, I think he weighs about 230, 220, 230. Uh, his wingspan is Uh, just just a big guy that could play power forward and can shoot as well that also is developing a shot he's still very raw i think he has a lot of work that still needs to be done he's probably a type of player that'll take like he, he could probably make impact his first year on the defensive end but i think he'll he'll be the type of guy like that'll take a couple years two three years to start coming on coming into his own but a lot of potential there um like i said with the 7-1 wingspan we need uh, I think you were alluding to this earlier that Isaiah St- uh, Stewart 26-8, we need a guy that can come in and play the four and the five, and this is a guy that can do that. Yeah, I agree.
0: I like both those guys. You know, Both those guys had, uh, you know, great talent. You know, Isaiah Todd, um, you know, he was a bit more hyped uh, out of college or out of high school, I guess. Uh, didn't really live up to it at, at Arizona State. Um, but uh, Isaiah Todd did... Uh, you know, he's on G League night. And like I said, um, Jarrett Jack was, was really praising him. So yeah, I, I, I agree with both those guys. Um, for me, uh, a guy I like is, is Greg Brown. He's kind of like a forward slash center out of Texas he kind of reminds me of like a, remember Tony Mitchell kind of reminds me of Tony Mitchell. He's a straight raw athlete, you know, a bunch of athleticism. <laughs> he's got some thunderous dunks in him, uh, you know, off the screens and on lobs or, or whatever in, in the open, uh, open court. Um, so, you know, I really like him. You know, he's not, you know, too good of a, you know, offensive player. I think he's shot like 30% from three, but, you know, obviously that, that can improve. And, you know, at least he has that kind of stretchability. So, um, you know, he's not too great of a, a ball or a on-ball defender. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, for a second-round pick, you can't ask for much. So, you know, maybe he'll probably spend most of the year in the G League. But uh, for the future, that's, that's a guy I like. Um, another guy I like is, uh, Highland, uh, call him Bones Highland. Uh, you, you know, I think he had a great combine. Uh, so he might not even make it to the second round, but, uh, he's kind of small, I think six, three, uh, but just, uh, a pure scorer. you know, he can, he can score from anywhere off the dribble from three mid range, how uh, you can get to the hoop, uh, kind of reminds you of like a Isaiah Thomas kind of guy, or, uh, you know, kind of like, a I don't know, like a Ben Gordon type, um, he's just a pure scorer. And he's just a microwave off the bench. Um, you know, I know we got a lot of guards, um, but, you know, you can never have too many developmental players. So um, that's a kid I like as well.
1: Um, yeah, I, li- I, like, I like both those guys, um, uh, especially with uh, Greg Brown. I I, re- I was high on him. I was just thinking that he's probably going to be gone in the first. Uh, but, yeah, definitely if he falls into the second, would love to take him.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I'm not sure if, if the Pistons keep all three of these picks. You know, they, they took four rookies last year. They took three rookies this year. Or, you know, they have three picks this year. Uh, so, you know, no NBA team wants seven rookies on their roster. So you know, I'm really hoping they they trade one or two of these picks, uh, package it up, and, and get to the first. Um, or even, you know, get other NBA players. You know, there's, uh, you know, those rumors of Jared Culver. um. Being on the trade block for a second, you know, I'd flip two of these picks for Jared Culver. I, he definitely has more potential than any of these players. Uh, you know, he's, he's a wasn't a top five player uh, less than two years ago. So, uh, you know, I'm a big Jared Culver guy. Or even, you know, if we can package some of these and get back into late first and just just uh, you know improve our chances of landing a good player.
1: Yeah, uh, another player that I like in the second round um, is Amar Sila. He's a power forward. He's 6'9", but has a huge wingspan. I think he has a 7'2 and a half wingspan. Uh, he's another very raw type of player, but his upside is where the potential's all at, and um, I think he's like a type of guy that can also make a great de- uh, defender and He's the type of guy that can play both ends of the floor. Uh, he's not more so uh, modern for, uh, I don't think, he, I mean, from what I've seen, I don't think he really has a shot like that or anything, but it's something he could develop. But for, like you said, for a late second round pick, when you're just ho- hoping for development and the person to work out, uh, you can't go wrong with that.
0: Yeah, cool. Um. So any closing thoughts here? I think we'll, we're about to wrap it up.
1: Yeah, no, nothing really. Just basically hoping on Cade comes to us number one. And if he doesn't, we go to number two and get whoever we want. Yeah, agreed.
0: You know, this draft's kind of weird. Uh, we're always in that mid-lottery range or, or right outside the lottery. So normally in in, in normal years, I'm more, uh, you know, informed about some of these players. But uh, really, I've only been <laughs> I've been watching Cade highlights and, and Cade, uh, you know, draft footage um, you know, strengths and weaknesses, uh, this whole time. So,
1: right. And and I want K just based off of speaking to his brother and seeing how excited they are to just come to Detroit and be part of the family in Detroit and wants like a long career here. Like that's awesome to see. You don't see many people excited to come to Detroit or wanting to come here.
0: Yeah. That might just be a PR thing. Uh, who knows? I mean, even today, Jalen Green, I think he was kind of, kind of late to the PR party, but he was saying he wants to move to Detroit and wants to live in Detroit. So who really knows? But, uh, you know, I did read this article saying that uh, younger brothers, you know, players that had older brothers that played college basketball tend to succeed more because, um, you know, they've, they've had a higher competition their whole life from childhood. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Right. Cool. I think we'll end it here. Uh, again, this is uh, Motown Chronicles, Saved by the Ball. And uh, my name is Gurman. And for money, uh, we're going to sign out. Thanks, guys. Thank you.